Hey everyone, welcome to episode 38 of the Solving Problems Podcast, where we talk about the real communication problems your church is facing and give you practical steps to solve them. If we haven't met, my name is Jonathan Crone. This season, we're talking about the things we have to admit to ourselves in order to more effectively communicate to the people we're trying to reach. In today's episode, the problem we're going to tackle is how walking into a new church is terrifying. Most of us haven't walked into a new church for the first time in years, so that emotion and apprehension is something we can't readily remember. But when people come to our church for the first time, they're not only walking into a new building, they're walking into a new group of people with its own traditions, friend groups, and social norms. It's like going to a college football game and watching everyone sing the fight song and do the cheers, but not knowing the words, except it's spiritual and these people likely came alone, not with a friend. When you don't know the secret handshake or where to go, it's intimidating to even make the first step. Today's big idea is that we have to realize how scary it is for new people to visit our church and do everything we can to alleviate those fears. We'll be talking to Dallas Ovalle about what it looks like to really care for people before they even step foot on our campus and how we can help make them more comfortable walking into a scary situation. Dallas is the Connections Pastor at the Met Church in Fort Worth, Texas, where he helps people connect with God and with other people. And a quick production note, when we did the interview, my mic did not get picked up from my computer, so my internal mic is what you'll be hearing. So it's a little different than normal, but I didn't want you to get thrown off when you got there. So I'm gonna go ahead and bring back the dance music and then we'll have Dallas on the other side. And we're back with Dallas. Dallas, go ahead and say hey to the people. Hey, everybody. So today's big idea is that we have to realize how scary it is for new people to visit our church and to do everything we can to help alleviate those fears. And the whole idea behind this episode was it stemmed from when my family and I went to visit a new church last fall. Um, it was right smack in the middle of COVID. Um, we were trying to figure out what the restrictions were. And it was the first time in years that I'd walked into a new church without already knowing someone in leadership. And so for the first time in a long time, I got to do what people do every single week. And I was amazed at how nervous I was. For a guy who's an extrovert who works with churches, the night before I was going through their website looking for anything I could to figure out uh, where to go, what doors to go through. Like I know like how to check in a kid, but I didn't know where to go once I got there and all those things. And I was a little more nervous than I ever expected I would be. And so that stuck out to me and thinking if someone who hasn't been to church in years, I'm feeling this way as someone who goes regularly, what are they feeling like? So Dallas, you, you're on the front lines of this every single weekend, working in guest services and um, leading this ministry for a church. Can you describe the nervousness you see from new people when they come in for the first time? Yeah. So um, I don't, you know, your, your experience wasn't unique just to you. I think that, uh, you know, we as um, ministers, because we live this life and this is the world that we operate in, we kind of anticipate that uh, people should know what to do or people should know what to expect. And um, a lot of times they just don't. And so you see a lot of people that uh, are, you know, they're kind of apprehensive to come in um, or to even visit. And exactly what you did, they're jumping on your website, they're checking out your social. Um, and so, you know, the the nervousness that you see from people, um, you know, it's it's not it's not new. And I don't think it's something that we can necessarily avoid. 
Uh, I think that that's just true. Even if they know somebody there, uh, they're just, you know, they're entering themselves to a new environment. I think about when I go to a new grocery store, man, I don't know where anything's at. And it's not like I can go to their website and say, well, where's the milk at? I'm walking around, um, you know, well, at the other target, you know, it's on the left-hand side and here it's on the right, you know. So we kind of have these experiences uh, within ourselves all the time. I think what it comes down to is not thinking about how can we make people less nervous per se, um, but how can we how can we enhance the experience once they get onto campus? Because if they know that they're coming, no matter how much they look at a website, no matter how much they look at your social or things like that, um, we can ease that apprehension some, but I don't think that we can fully alleviate it until they're on campus and ready for an experience. And so that's really what we focus a lot on. Um, of course, we want to, you know, we want to have the website right. We want to have our social on point. We want to have those things done. But when it comes to that experience of them stepping onto campus for the first time, uh, what do they experience, you know, from from our volunteers to our staff to our signage to like all of those kind of things? What do they lead that next experience to? Uh, and that's kind of how we think about that. And so, um, yeah, we see the nervousness. And I don't think, again, we can avoid it because I get that even going to a regular store. But uh, I do think that there are things that we can do in terms of the experience that alleviate that pretty quickly once they're on campus. Now, that's a great point because I, the whole idea of the season, like we've talked about, is that there are things we have to admit so that we can do better. And I think one of the things to flip this a little bit from where it was originally going to go, yes, people are nervous coming in. No, there's not anything we can do to take that away. So how do we help them once they get here, knowing that they're nervous? Because I think a lot of times uh, we think that we're so excited to see new people. We think they're excited to see us too. And so we probably approach them a little too excitedly at times based on how nervous they are. Have you ever seen something like that? Yeah. And I think, you know, what I, one of the things that I've noticed, um, especially during the COVID season, you know, there's been such a high emphasis on the online church and the the digital church. There's this big thing with pastors trying to figure out, you know, how many people watched, how many people attended online? You know, I've heard that question a little bit. And, you know, you might look at Facebook and say, oh, I got 2000 views, things like that, whatever. Um, It really made me start thinking about the intentionality of a person coming on campus to visit you versus the accidental attendance of somebody in a digital space, right? They accidentally watched your service because, you know, your aunt shared it. And, uh, you know, so they just stumbled on it. All of a sudden they were watching it for eight seconds. And now that counted as a view. That's a lot different than a person who, you know, chose to get up and chose to find a new church in their area, get the family ready, check kids in, all that that's much more intentional. Um, and so you're, you're a lot further down the road. So I'm saying that to say, I, I, you can be zealous, you know, you can be excited because those people have made a conscious effort to come. So like you and your family, you made a conscious effort to, uh, get in the car, get dressed, hopefully jump in the car, go, go to church and find a place where you wanted to worship in person. And so I think that, um, people can get, you know, a little bit too excited in that regard. They want to jump on people and, and, uh, there's a church near me, um, that I think maybe it's like the very first contact that they make with you. They're asking you to volunteer because they believe that if you volunteer, 
you're already in. Like if you volunteer, you're already a part of the church. And so um, I think that people can get a little zealous, but it's because maybe they're not thinking through what their entire process is in terms of getting people connected. They're thinking about the experience in the moment. So yes, I did say, okay, how do they feel when they come onto campus? How can we take, but all of that has to work in conjunction with your ultimate end goal. And so you want for those experiences that they have from the time they come on campus to really dictate where, where you're trying to get them to. And, you know, if, uh, you know, my, my old pastor used to say, if you aim at nothing, you'll surely hit it. If we just kind of say, we want to have a great experience on the web. We want to have a great experience on social. We want them to have a great experience when they walk in. Well, how do you get them connected? Well, we just, we, whenever they're ready to connect, they'll let us know. So we have to look at all of this as a, as a holistic plan, everything from the website, the social, all of these things have to have an end game. Um, not that we're being utilitarian, you know, with people, but we, we do have some things that we think make their life better when they're involved in the physical church, uh, and when they're involved in certain aspects of our church. So we have, um, you know, really a process that we're trying to go through and the guest experience that they have from the time they walk in is, is really just another piece of that. So I think churches can get a little overzealous in that piece if they, if they don't know exactly where they're going. If they think, man, my first impression is my biggest one because they're hoping that their first impression alone can grab that person and keep them connected. Hey everyone, I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode to tell you about a free resource I've put together for you. When you sign up, I'll send you five emails spread across five days to help you determine your church's one-of-a-kind flavor so you can begin setting yourself apart from every other church in town. This process is part of the messaging and strategy sessions I do for businesses and churches that normally cost $2,500. After one of these sessions, a lead pastor once told me that they'd been trying to figure this out for 10 years and I helped them nail it in under an hour. You can have this resource completely free by going to solvingproblemspodcast.com slash email and signing up. That's solvingproblemspodcast.com slash email for your free resource. Now let's get back to today's show. But the reality is the first impression by the time they get there is probably the 37th impression. They looked at social or they looked at the website or they've done one of a hundred other things. So big picture wise, We've said that we can't take all the apprehension away, um, but we can be intentional about what we do once they get to us. So you're a connections pastor, but you've also got experience in the communications world. Um, And this is a communications podcast, so we're going to focus on that a little bit. So where do those two intersect? What is the role of the communications person in the connection process for a new person who might be a little nervous showing up? for the first time. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we have to dictate who our social target is, who our web target is. Um, and I think that, uh, a lot of times in the church world, we kind of cop out an answer and we always say, well, both and, well, we want it to be our members and we want it to be new people in the community. We want it to be everything. And we've just had to be really poignant. I think, in terms of what is our social geared toward and what are we communicating and who are we communicating to? Uh, when somebody comes to our web, you know, what are they, what are they encountering? 
Who are they encountering? Um, and so we've made the determination that we want for that specific um, target person to be the non-member. And so we there are some things that we have developed online or through social that we might post that uh, might seem elementary for somebody that's our member. Um, we want to do about 90% kind of inspiration in terms of who we are, kind of the why, uh, you know, why we do what we do and, and who we are. And then 10% kind of informational in terms of, hey, we got this event going on, we got this event going on. Um, if all we do is inundate our people with that or with our social with that, hey, we just have this event, this event, this event, that's really communicating a lot to the people that we already have because we're giving them a reminder of something to come. You know, um, focusing a bit more on inspiration. And when I say that, you know, we've written we've written some devotionals. Uh, we've had our pastor write like a 10-day devotional and we've used that as a way, we put that out on social and we say, if you want this 10-day devotion on fear, you know, click on this link and uh, you provide an email address and we will send you that. And then we use some of those emails uh, to be a little bit more targeted toward like maybe like Christmas Eve or, or Easter or something like that. Um, kind of a, a businessy approach in that sense. So we have really just honed in uh, the communications aspect on who that target person is. And for us, that target person is unchurched, dechurched, something like that. That's what our church draws a lot of. And so we don't ever we don't ever make the assumption that a person knows what they should do as soon as they step onto campus. And so we um you know, we we have that kind of piece in terms of communication. Um, and then once a person does come onto campus, we have a really kind of a strategy um, that we reach out with with them. You mentioned I oversee connections. Uh, so I have an incredible team um, of four women and uh, we kind of div- we kind of uh, divvy out all of the um, first time guests that come. We have some really um, well thought through, well worked on scripts um, that we text to people and we try to have some leading conversations. So we don't just, Hey, have a great week. Or, you know, we enjoyed seeing you have a great weekend. We'll see you next week or something. We try to kind of pull some information out of people. Hey, what was your experience like for your kids? Is there any way we can improve? So we kind of invite people into the process so that we can hopefully have some interaction back and forth with them. So there's a, there's a lot of components to it in terms of, the communication, the connections, how that kind of intertwined. There's a lot of moving parts to it. Um, and we're always growing, you know, we're always learning. So obviously COVID has changed that, uh, quite a, quite a great deal. So we found ways to reach people online, you know, just different things like that, but we are for certain, um, always improving the way that we do that. One of the things you hit on that I want to circle back to real quick is, uh, the things that you're doing before they even make the decision to come those online things with the devotional and the, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's the traditional email marketing that businesses will do. You guys are leveraging that with people. And uh, I think one of the, that's one of the places I think churches can improve a ton on because that essentially creates a relationship with the new person before they step foot on campus. So they feel like they know it. So they know you from social, they've seen you on social, they know what your website says, but then through those email campaigns, through the devotional or whatever that you do, they now see a little bit of your personality on a different side. So 
that's one of those things I think that takes away a little bit of that apprehension. There's still going to be some of the, where do I go? What do I do when I get there? But that lessens the concerns of, will I fit in? Is this place for me? People already have a better idea of that if they can leverage some of those things before they, before someone even shows up. And I think that that's, that goes back to a little bit in terms of what content are you producing out there? So you know, we, we want to be a church where people come and they feel hope and they feel inspired. And, um, you know, so that is something that we really harness on social. And so when you, when I talk about these devos, you know, we could easily make the devo, you know, how to do evangelism one-on-one, how to, you know, how to disciple your neighbor, something to that effect, you know, and we we kind of chose to take the approach of, Here's a 10-day devotion on overcoming fear. Here's a devotion overcoming worry. Here, you know, because that is really the target audience that we're aiming for. So, like I said, we just get really poignant with it and we find creative and unique avenues to reach those kinds of people. And so if somebody somebody's willing to say, I'll download a 10-day devo on fear, you know, that tells them, just like you're saying, who we are, who we're trying to reach, what we want to address. And so um, it has to be kind of all encompassing um, in terms of who you're trying to reach and then what you're communicating to them. Yeah, that's really awesome. We could do a whole, I'm, Tyler and I did an episode a few months, or probably a year ago at this point, about email marketing and some of the things we talked about in there. So um, you can go back and check that out if that's something you want to know more about. I could probably do about 13 other episodes about that because um, it's an untapped space that we have. But again, people are just so busy doing the basics that it's hard to add those in sometimes. So one of the questions we put in the show notes before we started that is a little more nuts and bolts. How do we help people before they get there? How is it, what do we need to include on our plan of visit page on the website or in our communications that helps people feel like they know? Is there anything that you've found that works really well that helps people take their next steps so that they're not as worried when they show up? Yeah. So um, we have really used plan a visit to try to make life easier in the sense of, you know, uh, when you plan, when you fill out a plan a visit form for us, we take that plan a visit form. We already pre um, populate all that information into our database. So when you show up, we, you know, you confirm, you know, who you are and, some of the details. And then we have your kids info there. Otherwise you come in, you don't know where to stand. You don't know where to go. Um, so, but one of the things that I've found in terms of plan a visit, um, you know, people want to know for the most part, what do I do with my kids? That's always kind of a, a big thing. You know, what's happening with my kids, what's happening with my student, one of those two things. Um, and, and I don't think, I always find it kind of funny that churches have like this, this idea that when people come to their church, the first thing they're thinking of is, man, what do I wear? Right. You, you go to a lot of churches, like plan a visit. We dress it. You might pe- find people in suits and in slacks or things like, I-, I don't even think it's important to address those kind of things. I think that what's important is what's happening with your kids, you know, um, uh, you know, birth to fifth grade, what's happening with kiddos, sixth to 12th grade. Um, and then just kind of what are they going to encounter when they come onto campus? So that could be an FAQ. Um, it could be a, it could be a map of the building, um, in terms of, you know, you're hit, this is the only entrance you're going to come in through. Here's where you're going to, um, check in for the first time, those kind of things. Um, I find those things to be helpful. And I think the bigger thing is that 
it comes down to asking ourselves as pastors and as leaders, are the things that we do, like the things that we're putting on our website, the things that we're putting in our plan of visit, the way that our plan of visit even happens when they show up, have we built that to benefit ourselves because, you know, it's easier or it's convenient or we only have the resource to do X, Y, Z, or is it, or is it benefiting the first time guest? And I think when we look back at a lot of this, especially what COVID has taught us is a lot of what we built and a lot of systems that we built, they were to our own benefit, not necessarily to the benefit of the guest. And what I mean by that is that there are things that we could do um, as a connections team with our first time guest that helps them take a next step. And I know you're going to get into a little bit of this, but it helps them take a next step Whereas there are some churches that say, well, once you, once you want to become a part of our church, you go to class 101. And from 101, you go to 201. From 201, you go to 301. And you go down this growth track. And once you're down the growth track far enough, then uh, you become integrated into the life of the church. And I think that what this has taught us, um, COVID and you know, kind of the like, we have to meet people where they are. We have to meet people where they are and what step they're willing to take. And so what we do at our church is we don't have a growth track. Um, I was talking to Stephen Brewster a little bit about this. We we talked, I, I, I kind of call it a connection circle because I don't really know what else to call it. But really, we have multiple on-ramps to get involved in the life of the church. And the only way that we can do that is find out where you are and then help you determine what your next step might be. You know, your next step might be baptism. It might be even just talking to a pastor about faith. It might be learning your spiritual gifts. Or, you know, you might have come from a church where you were, you know, head, elder, deacon, something like that. And you don't need to go through the basics. You you kind of want to jump in and you want to uh, maybe lead a Bible study or, you know. So we have to find out where people are and then where we can take them. So that's the approach that we take. And it's much harder. I will tell you that it's much harder because— Every person is unique and every story is unique. And so it, it's kind of uh, difficult, but I think that instead of telling people you've got to fit into this certain box, it kind of, it shows them that we really are about, we're really about their convenience, not necessarily ours. And just as a short promo, one of the fun things I love about what I do is that there are multiple approaches. So Dallas is talking about what I call a menu model, which is um, you, you give people options and based on where they are, they, they pick off the menu, what they have. We've got an episode coming up in uh, three weeks um, with Kyle Mercer from uh, Two Cities Church in Winston-Salem about how people need a map, not a menu. So it's another perspective on the flip side of what Dallas was just talking about. Both are incredibly effective. But um, just a little promo there for people who might want a different opinion there. But Dallas, I have a question for you that is a fun one to think about. When is the last time you went to your church as a normal person? Uh, I've been there three and a half years. So probably three and a half years ago. (laughs) (laughs) The reason reason I ask that is because when I was on church staff, I started as an intern, and so we had a house on the property that I lived in. So I didn't even have to get up and drive to work. I was literally walked to work. Once I got married and moved off and was on full-time staff, 
um, didn't live in that house anymore. I was showing up an hour before service. So it was four years into a four and a half year stint at that church before I even drove to church and had to experience the parking lot changeover between services. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I knew all of these things that were going on, that all these systems were in place that help people get connected and get to church on time and everything. But I spent years without ever actually experiencing those myself. So to go back to what you were saying a few minutes ago about um, catering systems to what people need, not to what is best for our staff, there are times that we're going to have to say, you know what, I can't work this Sunday because I need to experience it like a normal person, Uh, that you need to have some secret shoppers that can give you feedback based on what things are like and what they experience on a weekend so that we can then begin to make it better for new people. Uh, how do you guys tackle that? Is that something you're constantly looking at? Because obviously, you, you, like you just said, sometimes it's hard for us to go to church when we're on church staff. So how do you make sure things are working well in that capacity? Yeah, so we have to be honest with ourselves, right? Like you, you can only be a first-time guest once at your church, no matter how, you know, hey, I'm going to take a Sunday off and then I'm going to visit like a regular person, whatever, you know, you still know the inner workings. You've got some bias, things like that. So um, what we do to leverage a little bit of that, I mentioned a little bit of this. When we reach out to our first time guest, um, we we kind of prompt with a lot of leading questions. And so some of those leading questions that we're asking to people are – what was your experience like? How was your check-in process? Like, so we're kind of prompting that from a guest, whereas you may not always kind of take that approach. You know, I've, I've heard both um, kind of ideas about this where, hey, don't don't give people a, a platform to complain because they'll use it. Um, and then the other end where they just say, hey, just kind of drive home this idea. Hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. We kind of blend a little bit of that where we ask some leading questions because – we find that people respond both in the positive and the negative. Um, you know, the, the check-in process was X, Y, Z, or our experience was incredible, and we love the kids' room, and we love this and that. So knowing that we can't go back ourselves, per se, and be a first-time guest every single week, we try to actually leverage our first-time guest into some of that feedback. Now, you know, I'm not specifically talking you know, sending a survey out and, you know, rate our worship music one to 10. And so, you know, I think that's a little bit, that's a little bit too far on the other end from where we want to go. But, um, we try to do that a little, uh, a little bit, um, organically in that conversation. But one of those first leading questions we're asking is about their experience, about whether it's a check-in experience or just the friendliness experience or the systems experience. How did all of that work out for you? Um, and then once they, and again, that's kind of the first contact when they come back for a second time, we have a second touch point with them, um, and we're aiming to get them. So we, we kind of have, again, we don't have a, a growth track per se, but what we do is we land everybody at our, what we call a next steps lunch, which would be the equivalent, I guess, to somebody's 101 or something like that. But it's the only class that we have. Um, and it's not for everybody. Um, but if you want to learn kind of an overspray of our church, you go to this next steps lunch. At the next steps lunch, we also have um, we kind of have we have table host. It's an in, we have in person and we have an online version. But we sit our first time, second return guest with people, and as those people are, you know, kind of learning from our table host about the church or about their experience, our table hosts are also trained 
to ask people about their experience thus far within the church. So we also get some feedback there as well. A prime example um, of one of these was there was a gentleman who had actually pastored at a church. Um, He had retired. He had moved close by to be by his grandkids. And his feedback to us was, I didn't like that everything was uh, through text. You guys reached out to me through text. The second time I returned, it was through text. I never got a phone call. I never got to personally talk to somebody until this class. And so we had to go back and think about, well, how much validity, like, does that hold validity or do we, do we start calling people? You know, so we kind of arrived at a little bit of a hybrid. So now within our first time guest um, outreach, we text the first two times and then we'll call a third time and leave a voicemail. And that's kind of increased our response rate. Do they have an exact correlation? I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. But he gave us some feedback that we could then take and actually put into place. And so, you know, we, we're kind of doing it in a variety of ways, being realistic with ourselves and realizing, yeah, I can't be a first-time guest again. My pastor can't. You know, he founded this church, you know, 25 years ago. He can't be a first-time guest again. So who can we leverage? Well, how about first-time guest? So that's what we try to do. So at the end of the day, and we have more on our show notes, but this has been so good that I don't want to go for 45 minutes. Um, and we could do another episode another time. But at the end of the day, we what we figured out is that we can't take away all the apprehension, but we can acknowledge that it's there. We can help establish the relationship before they get here through social, through email marketing, through other means to let them get to know different sides of our church. And then once they show up, we can actually leverage new people to help future new people. For sure. Awesome. Dallas, thanks so much for hanging out with us a little bit today. Yep, absolutely. That's it for this week on Solving Problems. Next week, we'll be talking to my friend Jackie Brewster about how everyone has a different learning style and how we can change and adapt our communication techniques to make sure we don't leave anyone out. We'll dive more into that then, but for now, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever podcast platform you choose. Share it with a friend if it helped you out, and make sure you sign up for your free resource at solvingproblemspodcast.com slash email so you can discover your church's one-of-a-kind flavor and begin setting yourself apart from every other church in town. Thanks for hanging out with us today, and I hope you have a great week. 